0: Branch and Smith. Once again, Edinburgh becomes the cultural centre of the world with its three-week international festival. Every theatre, art gallery and concert hall is filled to capacity. Performers include the Russian State Orchestra and theatre companies from America, Poland and the Abbey Theatre Dublin. The first Edinburgh festival was held in 1947. Since then it's gone from strength to strength. This year, its colourful military to two includes the largest drum and pipe band ever assembled there. As they say in Scotland, the biggest blow they've ever had.
1: How wonderful. Some archive fringe-related audio there from the days of silent radio. <laughs> And then my hello, scratch and sniffers. Nick Randall, very light entertainment here with part two of the Fringe at seventy. What's that? You haven't heard part one? Go to your room immediately. No, don't do that. You'll just end up watching porn. Just stick to this and listen to part one afterwards. So, the stories so far. It's the 70th anniversary of the Edinburgh Fringe, and SNS Online is here, covering it. Well, that's sort of it really, but it's very exciting. Now who remembers the delightful and ever-so-heavenly Sister Mary from our first show? That Sister Mary. Well, in my travels I got talking to producer Barry Ryan, who is hoping to bring Sister Mary to a television set near you very soon.
2: Sister Mary's playtime came from us knowing Tim for a long time and being very frustrated with him not doing anything with the character. So we kind of concocted an idea that we would bring the character to Edinburgh to remind us of what the potential of the character is, because we think it's got an enormous potential for a variety of things, from an entertainment show to a chat show to a situation comedy. Absolutely. So we're developing on all of those fronts. And you work in TV anyway? Yeah, I run a company called Free at Last TV. So we are a 16-year-old production company. We are the people who are responsible for bringing the beautiful Agatha Raisin books to the screen on Sky One with Ashley Jensen. Uh, the books are called The Agatha Raisin Mysteries uh, and the TV show is um, a crime comedy drama which has a lot to fit into one, one individual programme. Mm. We made eight 60 Minutes last year uh, and when it comes back, they'll be 90 minutes. Wow! More like Murder She Roach. Yeah, so Sister Mary's Playtime is a work in progress. Um, we're unashamed about that, which is why we're on the free fringe. We tinker with the show every day. Mm-hmm. We, there's bits we do, there's bits we don't, there's bits we add, there's bits we, we delete. Um, because the whole point of this is to test the parameters of the character and the point of what we do with her. Currently we're looking at doing a, a situation comedy with Sister Mary called Sister Mary's Missionary Position, which is where she decides that there's a gap in the market for the new Mother Teresa, pitches for the post and gets sent to the Outback. Um, and when she gets there she realises that the originals that she's supposed to be helping are aboriginals and we're going to be co-writing this and co-producing this with an aboriginal television company in Australia.
1: Wow, that's amazing! Well listen, very best of luck with that and all the other endeavours and congratulations with the show, it's fantastic I hope it goes very well for you. Thank you very much Time to head up that Royal Mile to find out what other Fringetastic shows Edinburgh has on offer So there's a bevy of, um, of beauties here, all of dress up like angels. I'm not quite sure what's going on. There's a bit of a sailor vibe, but explain to me what exactly you're supposed to be today, sir. OK, so we are the angels of God Limited. I got it right! Brilliant! Indeed, indeed, yeah. So God Limited
3: is a heavenly comedy. Yeah. It's like a match between Bruce Almighty and The Office. God has oh. his day off. It's a Sunday. He's gone on a fishing trip and he leaves three angels in charge. And catastrophes occur afterwards.
1: With hilarious results, hopefully.
3: Of course. <laughs> Only the funniest. Brilliant, brilliant. And where are you guys from? Um, we're from Student Theatre at Glasgow, so we're performing at uh, New Street at Venue 9 um, from uh, up until the 19th of August at 5 past 4. Brilliant. And uh, tickets, uh, £6 concessions, £7 for full. It's two for one today if anyone can get there, but I think we're sold out, so forget about that. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So, very, very successful then. Yeah, going really, really
1: well. Really good responses from the audiences too. I like too. it. I
4: like it. I like it. I like it. Just to all
1: say, all just to say all these people who are saying I like it actually are a part of the show, but... but.
5: Oh my God, it's me only five star I'll take a fly,
1: I'll take a fly. Yeah, go 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 listen, go. Best of luck with it. And now an adorable personalized account of a life lived. As documented by the pages of the Radio Times.
6: In the time it took for us to scroll through Netflix, mm-hmm. struggling to settle on anything my grandparents would have watched an entire program <laughs> <laughs> We're so spoiled for choice these days, and it isn't always helpful. We walk from room to room, half watching something on our screen, tense and anxious at the weight of the backlog of all the shows we're supposed to have watched by now. My granddad lived in a time when there was no TV, and then it was just black and white, and then the excitement of seeing the first FA Cup final in colour. The columns and Mm -hmm. margins of his pages of the Radio Times getting narrower and narrower to make room for all the new channels.
1: So I'm here with John Osborne to talk about Circled in the Radio Times. I've just seen it. It's fantastic. Lovely, warm glow, I feel, about uh, uh, Days Gone Past and uh, copies of Radio Times and connecting with family and all the rest of it. How would you like to describe your own show? Uh, I'm really bad at describing it. It's a
6: storytelling show about telly. I think that's about as far as I get before I... I think that's, that's <laughs> kind of enough, really. It's, yeah, it's like a, it's just one 35-minute, 40-minute story, it's kind of based on this box of old copies of the Radio Times that I got hold of uh, last year. And so I kind of made a show out of
1: documenting the previous owner's life by the shows that have been circled. Who who was your grandfather, of course? So, so there's an important family connection, which seems to link with watching TV together as a family and all the rest of it.
6: Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, I've got really happy memories of just um, doing something that at the time, I guess, felt a bit boring or just very normal of just going out to your granddad's house and watching TV and eating chips. Um, <laughs> but that as you get older, you kind of get obviously a bit um, more, d- like, attached to kind of what that meant. of mm. um, It's kind of like becoming independent for the first time and being without your mum and dad for the first time. And it's quite, it, it's something quite... Um, Relatable and quite sweet about it, really. I think. Yeah.
1: No, absolutely. And uh, I mean, it's also dealing with, with uh, loss as well. It's dealing with a lot of uh, you know big triggers in terms of life experience. So, you know, you're talking about how how your grandfather was circling different things as he was getting older, and when his wife died and things like that. You highlighted all these points very beautifully. I think.
6: When my dad came back, he explained that my granddad had had a heart attack. They always said he put too much salt on his oven chips. (laughs) When I used to visit him, he would take me to the cafe at the end of his road where old men talked loudly. He'd order us both a full breakfast and he'd say, don't tell your mum I bring you here. He'd put salt and pepper all over his black pudding and bacon. And then we'd go to the betting shop and he'd make sure I'd fill both pockets with pens.
4: And we'd go back to his house. (laughs)
6: And we'd have mm-hmm. chips for our tea, and we'd watch TV. Yeah, well, it is sad, isn't it? Uh, the, the role that TV plays in your life. Um, yeah, m- m- one copy of the Radio Times that belonged to my granddad, shows have been circled in, like, red felt tip. Where every show, pretty much every show, there's, like, like, silly kind of, like, prank shows and, like supermarket sweep and things like that
4: <laughs> and when
6: I checked the dates it like, oh, was a week after my grandma died yeah. and so he clearly was just there just going I'm going to watch everything I'm not yeah. going to get off this chair <laughs> um, and you kind of think about the role that TV plays in your own life and um, it is quite uh, like meaningful a lot of times like different shows that you've watched with different people and I think I completely agree yeah and I, th- I, th- I think quite often you it's something that you don't really register, that you don't particularly are aware of mm. until you kind of sit down and really think about it. And it, it. It's a way that you cope with kind of grief. It's a way that you, like, it's the way that you choose to live your life, really. And it's quite like what you do when you've finished work and what you do when you're, like, hanging out with people. Mm. Um, it's, it's quite a big part of your personality.
1: I think some of my favourite memories of, of families gathered around watching a, a television program interacting with it and, and, and just just being very happy you know
6: yeah <laughs> and that's it that's um kind of what the show touches on as well is like the changing nature of the way that we watch tv mm. and that i'm not saying particularly that it's worse now or better it's just um one of the reasons that i realized that i could write a show about it was that i had this box of copies of the Radio Times, but I didn't think that was particularly interesting um, until someone was staying at my house and I was watching the way that she um, was watching TV on her iPad, like while cleaning her teeth and then going through to the other room. I just thought, that's weird. That's so normal nowadays, that's how I watch stuff. But I guess having this box of Radio Times that goes back to 1985 in my front room, it just felt like, oh, that's such a stark contrast to my grand parents on their armchairs like eating biscuits and just watching whatever was on the three channels or the four channels now this is a, a free show you can come in for free yeah i'm quite a big fan of the free fringe i think it's brilliant i think people are really honest and people do if they think a show's good and that you've worked on it and, and they've enjoyed it they'll give you some money like i wouldn't be able to come to edinburgh to do the, the Pleasance or the Underbelly, mm. um, just because it's so expensive. Mm. And it means that a lot of performers and comedians and writers can just have a bit of a, bit of a nice time. And you get to go home with a, a, a bag of money. Do you
1: have to pay some money up front just for other people who might be interested in the future?
6: Uh, you can theoretically do it for no money at all. All I've paid this year is, uh, you get the venue for free. Okay. So I've had to pay for my accommodation and I've had to pay for my flyers but I didn't get many flyers because I hate flyering Mm -mm. and I'm kind of hoping I can survive without. So um, I paid for accommodation flyers, travel to get to Edinburgh and entry into the Edinburgh Fringe programme, which is optional, but it is useful. Mm. It's a really uh, brilliant way of doing it and also watching loads of stuff as well. And and there's a bit of a... a kind of like a community of uh, free fringe people, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't want to kind of make it seem too much like it's separated from the other fringe because it's actually quite um, uh, interwoven also because
1: I'm on at half one in the afternoon I think it's quite a nice way for people Mm. to start their day (laughs) so um, okay um, and give us some details just to wrap up uh, where we can find you is is there stuff on YouTube, Twitter etc yeah my Twitter is John Oz Radiohead Um, check it out folks check it out but listen John thank you so much it was a great great show and I think everybody should come see it (laughs)
0: Was it my fault? I had no idea you'd already decided. If I'd known... I wanted you to... I wanted you on that last night before you...
1: Before you go! So Danny Yestin, I've just seen Not About Heroes
0: at the Fringe. It was a fantastic play, but in your own words, tell us all about it. Uh, it's a play which charts the meeting of Siegfried Sassoon and Wilfred Owen, the war poets, in Craig Lockett Hospital in uh, Edinburgh, in well, from 1917, isn't it? Yeah. So it's exactly 100 years ago since their meeting uh, in this city, and it's basically about their friendship as it develops and how they f- fall in love in a way as a, of a, of a, as a mar- marriage of minds mm-hmm. um, through their poetry and their, their, their love of poetry and their mutual hatred of war. And why did you particularly pick this uh, play? Uh, well, I did this play two years ago with Theatre Cloyd uh, in 2014, three years ago now, is that right? Yeah, yes. maths, yeah, yeah. Um, and it did very well and um, it won an award and, uh, in, the, in the Wales Theatre Awards and I, I, I figured I, I didn't want to go the rest of my life without doing this play again, first of all. And yeah. secondly, it's very, very poignant still. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, they, we're still in the centenary, the First World War and um, I mean the message of the, the, the big the big message I think in this play is that um, through sort of social uh, limitations these men from the First World War weren't talking of their experiences uh, consequently they weren't getting the counsel that they needed to sort of um, to treat themselves from their, their PTSD so you had terrible shell shock as it was called but generally it wasn't um, seen
1: to be recognised so much in those days I mean it was more you know you could get shot for desertion when you might have just been you know mentally
0: scum yeah, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was termed battle exhaustion, bullet wind, uh, mm. uh, cowardice. And, and yeah, you'd be put up against the wall and shot for it. Mm. Give us a little sort of soundbite about why we should be going to this play.
7: It's a beautiful, beautiful play celebrating love, poetry, pacifism. Um, and it's, I think, incredibly important for everyone in the British Isles, or well, everyone in the world, to remember... Those who sacrificed themselves for our freedoms, um, and to celebrate their contribution not only to that freedom but to our literary history.
0: Okay, so we're Flying Bridge Theatre Company Limited. You can find us on Flying Bridge Theatre. Was it Flying Bridge <laughs> uh, We're also on Facebook. Uh, we have a page on Facebook, and we are touring this show around the UK immediately after Edinburgh. We'll be doing uh, touring till November and then next year we're penciling a tour as we speak which is great and hopefully an international tour at that. Uh, we've got another project coming up which is a another sort of historical piece but it's a very different theme about the Chartist uprising of 1839,
1: a musical. <laughs> Set on ice? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Yeah.
7: So it's 12pm every day apart from Wednesday at the King Dome at Pleasance Dome.
1: That is fantastic. Thank
7: you, lads, so much, and thank you for a fantastic
1: play. I really enjoyed it. You're listening to a feature length SNS online all about the Edinburgh Fringe. Now, why have one Doctor Who show in Edinburgh when you can have two? So sir, you are waving a sonic screwdriver at me. Ooh, it misses and um, as an Arch Doctor Who fan obviously I'm going to be drawn to that now tell me who you are where you come from what you're about why are you holding a flyer that's got a picture of the TARDIS on it
3: <laughs> okay my name is Matt I'm part of Any Suggestions Doctor which is an improvised Doctor Who show
1: guess where we're we going this afternoon to your
3: show Ah, oh, fantastic brilliant can't wait to see you there um, so what we do is we get you to give us an episode title anywhere in time and space and choose who is the Doctor out of the cast and then we go on a 50 minute adventure with a live radiophonic workshop.
1: The Doom of Rassilon's member,
3: how about that? That might not be as family friendly as we want it, but we'll work with anything that we get. Oh, that's brilliant. (laughs) I'm so looking forward to it. So how many people are involved in this? Uh, So we have uh, six core cast members who make up all the Doctors.
1: Um, we also. I mean, do you do you, make, do you put a bit of effort into it? Do you get a few costumes, you know, and things like that, and a few props? Because we saw something yesterday, which was good, but I mean, props were limited on it, and we just we want a bit more bling. Yes, yeah, so we have a vast array of props.
3: Uh, yes. We've all got our own Doctor look, so we've all got our own Doctor persona, yeah. and we have a vast array of props that we use to create different monsters. You're ladies. obviously Bonnie Langford, aren't you? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a red wig. ah oh,
8: brilliant, brilliant!
3: A bit of Mel's bush. Hey, yes. no, we won't say
1: that. Um, so, so give us a bit because
3: of. There info. are
1: four-year-old children who come and see it. Tell me uh, where it is and uh, your Twitter handle, etc., etc. Okay, so you can find us online
3: at ASD Improv on Facebook and Twitter, and we're on at Sweet Grass Market at four
1: o'clock every day. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it.
9: Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. and Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter
1: and Mars. So you're playing Frank Sinatra? In yes, words, that's right. I, I god, it. it's uncanny. It's like looking in the mirror,
7: isn't it? Holy there you go. These blue eyes, and they're all mine, and they're real. So, so tell us about your show. Okay, it's a show I did last year and come back for the second time this year. I'd played Sinatra in the West End in London some years ago uh, to much acclaim, which was very nice. And I now live in LA and uh, the story is about my life and Sinatra's and how the two intertwine through strange synchronicity. And that sounds a very
1: interesting angle to, 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 to make an original show, but with his own music. So, so where is this running? It's running uh, right
7: here, where we sit at Frankenstein's Bar. Oh,
1: it's at Frankenstein's Bar! It it's a Frankenstein's Bar, everybody!
7: Yeah, at uh, midday to one o'clock, and there's the hits, there's nine pieces of music which help embellish the whole story. So it's, 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 there's a bit of charm, there's a bit of danger,
1: and there's also some music. Now, if you wanted to prove to me that you can't, really can do Frank Sinatra, and to encourage me to go to your show, I think I'd want a couple of bars of something. So what are you prepared to blast down there? On the street.
8: When somebody loves you, it's no good unless he loves you all the way. Happy to be near you when you need someone to cheer you all the
7: way. Should I continue? My God, and you really started to look more like him
1: when you were singing as well. That is really that is really quite uncanny. Thank you so much and best of luck with it. Yeah,
4: thank
1: you. Okay, Fact fans, you've got ten top facts about Edinburgh coming right up. The title of the Duke of Edinburgh was first created by Prince Frederick, son of George I in 1726. Edinburgh replaced Scone as the capital of Scotland in 1437, although if you're an ITVB viewer you might call it Scone. Edinburgh Castle is built on the site of an extinct volcano. True story! Edinburgh's Royal Mile is actually one mile and 107 yards long. This is great pub quiz father, isn't it? Originally, the Scots mile was longer than the English mile, but it was abolished as a unit of measure by the 1824 Weights and Measures Act. I do hope you're taking all this down. Greyfriars Bobby, the Edinburgh dog famed for guarding his late owner's grave for 14 years in the 19th century, is the only dog to have been granted freedom of the city anywhere in Britain. Edinburgh was the first city in the world to have its own fire service. Edinburgh has 112 parks and more trees per head of population than any other city in the UK. The last public execution in Edinburgh was of a murderer George Bryce in 1864. Margaret Dixon was hanged in Edinburgh's grass market in 1724 but later awoke. She was set free under Scots law but the words until dead were later added to the sentence of hanging. Lucky her. (laughs) And that's your top 10 facts for Edinburgh. I think it's time for a few more quickies now on the Royal Mile. What are you promoting today, Um, madam?
5: I'm promoting Mopey the Clown, which is a clowning piece about masculinity up at zoo venues at 7.35. (laughs)
1: So you're going to have to say that all again. Clowns,
5: masculinity? Yeah, it's a lot. So, um, yeah, it follows the journey of Mopey the Clown, who's Um. an anxious adolescent teen, and he um, goes through a lot of um, experiences to try and attain a level of masculinity that he just... Isn't naturally sort of suited. To. It's about sort of standards that society.
1: You know what? I've never thought that clowns aren't particularly masculine. Yeah, that's yeah. a very good point.
5: Yeah, it's kind of a, a me- sort of a visual metaphor for his isolation and for him. Yeah, exactly. Squish, quish. squish. Squish, squish. Exactly. <laughs> so he sort of, he'll go to the gym and try and be all macho. Yeah. He watches some porn to try and see what you know. Yes, I know that. So
1: this isn't for kids, then. This
5: is a 16 plus show. It's a 16 plus show. It's at zoo venues. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's a lot of fun.
1: Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank
5: you so
10: much.
7: I'll take a card as of well. Of course,
5: you can. Thank Thank you, uh, it's
1: oh been God. reviewed four
5: stars by Ed Fringe Review. Oh, say that again. Four stars by Ed Fringe
11: Review. Sir, what are you selling today? Joe Hart's Alphabet a Gamer, a comedy show all about video games. He's a coder comedian who builds video games and the audience plays them live on stage. Oh, really?
1: So what, a massive comedy-sized screen, etc.
11: Absolutely, big comedy-sized screen. Uh, we pass controllers around the audience. Some of the video games are controlled by the whole audience at once, others one-on-one. It's kind of competitive, fun, crazy. Um, and people already have said it's just not for nerds. It's for everyone. It's just a really yeah. fun, engaging show.
1: That's amazing. So, so it's obviously a family-friendly
11: show? Uh, 14 plus, i say you have to be a teenager. Why? Uh, a couple of swears every now and then. People get quite competitive when they're playing online, <laughs> and all the naughty words come out, so yeah. So, so where are you playing? Uh, We're planning at the Gilded Balloon, 2 o'clock every single day in the Wii Room. Um, And if you come find some of the flowering team at the weekends, we're a really small outfit, we don't pay any flyers, we're all involved in the show. I'm the director, the producer's over there. Um, Come talk to us, we might be able to give you a code to get cheap tickets as well.
1: Okay, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. What are, you, what are you doing, uh, madam? I'm in a
10: play called Was It Good For You, which is an incredibly unsexy sex comedy. Ah. Uh, it's about two people having a one-night stand and all the weird stuff that pops into your head you're definitely not supposed to be thinking about during like the Like shopping
1: and well, I mean, grouting, kind of. insulation. And
10: yeah, well for these characters, they've never had sex before. Or they have, but they're just inexperienced in general. So yeah. they, um, imagine up different pop culture characters who uh, come into their heads and try and teach them how they should be having sex in right as they all see it differently Um, but it's really really funny it's also really quite touching and sweet and a little bit disgusting (laughs) which I think those are the three things you should want out of any Fringe show. Um,
1: So no under fives in them?
10: um, Well we're a 16 plus show um, which we found out last night is not actually a restricted thing it's actually a guideline as we had a boy who was probably about 12 sat with his dad and bless him well after the first the first scene is just uh, there's lots of talking about poo and pubes yeah. and um, the boy just put his head in his hands and his dad was sat next to him and also had his head in his hands and the dad would start laughing at some points um, and then realise his son was sat next to him but uh, nothing will put you off doing comedy than hearing a small child whisper what's an ejaculation <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god and on that note <laughs> This is a show, Circus and Clown Show, uh, with a number uh, performer performers, Massi and uh, Manu, oh. from Italy and uh, from uh, Toulouse. And it's called Attached uh, Tiger Circus, and where, where, where is this about them? Yes, uh, the performance principal is Attacked. Uh, the man, the little man attack uh, big man. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. In acrobatic uh, performance. That's brilliant, that's brilliant. And it's, it's had a good, nice review in The Guardian, so I see. Utterly lovable circus come clowning evokes the great comedy double acts. That's brilliant. I want you. You want me. So give us a buzz about Buzz, the new musical.
10: Buzz is a musical about the history of the vibrator. It follows a girl called Angie who's just recently gone into single life. She's with her boyfriend. She's discovering her sexuality all through... And then she finds loads of um, different types of dildos through song and stuff like that. So Cleopatra,
5: Aphrodite, hysteria in the
10: Victorian era, World
12: War Two, yep. yeah,
5: yeah, yep. yeah, and summers, <laughs> blow up dolls. Where
1: does she dolls. find all this stuff? In the woods or something? Or On the
5: in internet. Her flat. What? On the internet. No, it's in her flat. On the internet. On the internet. <laughs> right. In her flat. In the
1: magic flat in the internet in her flat.
12: Exactly.
1: <laughs> okay. Yes. This sounds amazing. Uh, lots of good singing and songs.
5: Oh, yeah,
12: yeah. Well, I'm in it, so... Well, well. Not like that, don't worry.
1: Now, although much of this show, in the spirit of a Fringe itself, has been focusing on emerging talent, we wanted to shout out a few of the more higher-profile acts for they are also doing the rounds this year, and some other general recommendations by the press. Well, big names this year include Ruby Wax, Sue Perkins, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Dave Johns, Sarah Pascoe, Nicholas Parsons and Clive Anderson. But make sure you book in advance as tickets will be selling like hotcakes. If you're after something a little bit different, check out some character comedy with Alice Marshall's Blood or Graham Dixon's Absurdist The Narcissist. Of course, it's not only about stand-up. The Fringe also has a rich programme of theatre shows and performances with themes that reflect what it's like to be a human being in the 21st century. From activism in the woke about the US civil rights movement via gospel and blues to the Syrian conflict which has inspired Requiem for Aleppo. Global politics features in the likes of Trump Again, satirising Donald Trump's presidency and much-speculated UK visit. and gender, topical more than ever at this year's Fringe, will be taken on in Kate O'Donnell's journey through transitioning. You've changed. Now Letters to Morrissey is getting a lot of attention at the Traverse Theatre, Gay McNair's insightful monologue in the form of letters written to his ultimate hero, Morrissey. It explores idol worship, fame and growing up. And it sounds pretty good. Now, if musicals are not usually your thing, what could be a better antidote to the current political mayhem than following hero Boris and his sidekick Govey as they hunt down the plans for Brexit in Chris Bryant's Brexit the Musical or the wonderfully crude The Toxic Avenger based on the 1984 cult film with a score by keyboardist David Bryan from Bon Jovi. Now in the first of two personal recommendations, we turn to the adorable and equally foul-mouthed Gary Lamont, who's just quit a star turn in the BBC soap, River City, to follow his stand-up dreams in Dropping the Soap. Me and Andy caught his act at the Gilded Balloon, and he didn't disappoint, although Andy had to explain to me what some of the rude words meant. Loads of laughs with some special guests, too. Gary Lamont's perfect moment continues up to the 28th of August. In the summer hall until the 26th of August is the shape of the pain. Is it possible for us to understand somebody else's pain? Director Rachel Bagshaw tries to do just that in this unique, disconcerting and always compelling show. Put together with care and intelligence by Bagshaw and writer Chris Thorpe, it becomes an unexpected thing of beauty. There are times when the sound, composition and design and the video and lighting design collide in such an intense and surprising way that it feels that we are being immersed in pain itself. We're still scratching the surface here, readers, but the more we can reference, the better. And to wrap this little piece up, on a personal note, one of my favourites this year is Colin Chadwick's A Digital Legacy, where he discusses what would you like to happen to your Facebook and Twitter accounts when you die? Chadwick plans his death with a quirky but practical approach as he decides how much of himself will remain online after he's gone. It's a very warm and personable show and includes a hilarious and equally cringeworthy anecdote about a date that runs far from smoothly. And that's at just for tonic at the Mash House, venue 288, 12.30 every day. Top recommendation from Scratch and Sniff.
8: I love you, and not in a friendly way, although I think we're great friends, and it's not because you're unattainable. I can't talk to you without expressing my love for everything you are. You are the epitome of every attribute and quality I have ever looked for in another person. Very simple, very truly,
1: I love you. So I've just seen that This Boy's in Love, which was a fantastic,
8: uh, well, I say one-man show, but there were other people involved. Introduce yourself and tell us all about your show. Uh, my name is Adriano Cavalletta. Uh, the show is This Boy's in Love. It's a one-man gay rom-com cabaret. Uh, I wrote it because I'd never been in love, and so in the show I imagine the most um, beautiful, um, unashamedly romantic big gay love story, just for fun. And um, I wrote a sort of big gay musical about it.
1: And it's beautiful. Some of the songs are lovely as well, and some of the observations are very good. I mean... Is it just a general life experience or has it sort of fed into friends' experiences over the years, that you you know, the conversations you've had? With
8: me? Yeah, well, when I was writing the show, I worked with a musical director and we were doing covers of other songs. And he said, "Oh, you know, why, why are you doing covers of other songs where you're appropriating that, you know, for a, it was sort of written for a straight kind of, you know, like mm-hmm. environment? So he said, you should write a gay canon of songs. And, you know, and so I decided to, yeah, really look inside and just think about what are the personal experiences that we've all had as gay men um, and gay men and and women you know and about finding love and um, so I just decided to go from there and the songs are really personal and they're fun and funny and um, yeah and they really fit well with the narrative in the show and there's a bit of interaction with the audience as well which is uh, which is very sweet <laughs> yeah it's been really fun you know I think uh, we've had great audiences and I love just sort of I love just being really having that sensitivity to the audience and really making that connection because, you know, I mean, when you're on stage on your own, really the other actor is the audience for you, yeah. you know. So um, you really have to really use them to kind of like, I don't know, it, feed, it feeds me a lot too as well, you know. Absolutely. Now, this theatre is one of the cutest I've seen. It's
1: it's a lovely stage. It's just a just right for a nice intimate show. Tell us where it is, where you
8: are, how long you're here for, uh, Twitter handle, etc. blood group. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, well, it's the Roxy Downstairs. It's part of uh, Assembly Festival. Uh, it's a beautiful theatre. It's a 60-seat theatre. It's, um, it's lovely. And, yeah, I'm here at 8.50 every night uh, until the 27th of August. Uh, yeah, you can uh, go on Facebook at This Boy's in Love or Twitter at This Boy's in Love or at Ace's Tunes, which is my Instagram.
1: That's fantastic! Thank you so much, and best of luck with the rest of the run.
8: Thanks so much. Happy Fringe! <laughs> Yay!
1: Can you make some noise for the cast of the Improb Musical. Woo! Woo! So I'm with the cast of the Improb Musical. I've just seen a fantastic show set in uh, a call centre, set in um, the Vodafone call centre, which actually my sister's suggestion, just to let you know. <laughs> Tell us all about it. How did you get together?
7: Um, so we're based out of uh, Warwick University. So we come from a good society called Musical Theatre Warwick. Are you smelly students? We are, are we are, oh, unfortunately, dear. yeah. Oh. Um, and it's been going a, a while, the improv musical troupe, right. four years. It's been up at the Fringe now. Um, yeah, how do we get together? We just sort of audition. I mean, I was, I was told to audition. I turned up and <laughs> here I am. So I, I, I think um, people that are sort of um, naturally open and friendly and kind make fantastic improvisers, yeah. and I think that's what draws um, people yeah. to this particular group.
1: And clearly you ought to be very agile in your thinking, as we are just saying earlier. I mean, are you ever sort of panicked into thinking, I just, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say? Um,
13: I think everyone, everyone, <laughs> you just done that to me. No, um, so, <laughs> so it's more, obviously you can't rehearse anything no. because it's all completely made up, but you sort of rehearse not being afraid and not having that block so you just spontaneity whatever comes out and you like um chris was saying with the openness you know everyone on stage will support you and back you up so whatever you say you've got a whole team and a whole cast that will go with you so there's never something to be scared of because you can't go wrong
1: absolutely now you were just the cat today you were a fantastic cat with postman pat you you died then you resurrected like doctor who it was, was which is wonderful it's a happy ending
3: Yeah, a real happy ending, which normally we try and aim for. But yeah,
1: yeah, it's all about, I think. um... You don't have any Jacobean tragedies where everybody's dead with blood coming out there? Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. It's all about. Uh, taking the suggestions that we get on stage from us, and obviously we're, the whole performance is
11: based on what the audience gives us, locations, settings, characters, Absolutely. and it's all about taking in what we get from our suggestions and what we offer on stage and just yeah. making the show happen, rather than blocking, it's all
1: about yeah. taking it, saying yes and, and then moving forward also with whatever.
7: There's a tendency for people to think,
1: oh we're going to see an improv show, it's going to be comedy, yeah. but then when you can hit them with you know, a Jacobean tragedy... The yeah. pathos. Yeah, 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 yeah. and then body parts. And body yeah, boy, it's yeah, like the sometimes. Beautiful parts, the
13: beautiful <laughs> moments where you can make an audience cry or like characters fall in love, or you know, it doesn't have to be just yeah. a joke.
1: Squish Squish. Uh, you, sir, were brilliant. You were playing Kim Kardashian. And uh, a rather big bottom, which we couldn't see, but uh, it, it, the imagination does wonders. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for that performance.
3: Uh, no worries. I always seem to end up with the evil ones. So I thought, <laughs> oh, it'd be funny to be Kim and start to speak like that. And it, yeah, it was.
1: It was just misunderstood, though.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think she just needs to be hugged once in a while.
1: <laughs> now
7: you, are, you did the music, didn't you? Yeah, so I'm the pianist for the Improv Musical, which is always a great challenge. I've got more of a classical background, but doing this allows you to do so many different styles. And it's just much more fun than like, really trying to polish a piece and like practice it. Just play something and see what comes out. And I think so much of it is about communication with the cast. We've got absolutely wonderful singers with great musical instincts. Uh, and they're really good at kind of having a communication about what's going on and exchanging ideas. It's one of the most fun things that I do. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. Now, who else have I not
1: talked to? Oh, you're the compere.
4: Oh, You're yes, the Comba, I'm hello. Yes.
1: Um, so tell us about your role
7: in, in the musical and how you get everybody G'd up for, uh, yes. for improv. Yeah, sure. So this was actually
11: my first time hosting. Really? Really scary, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's usually Florian, who's our director. Um, and yeah, no, it was my first go at it. But it, the audience were lovely. You were it was great, great, man. Oh, Thank you so much. So the audience, nice suit as well. Thank you. just oh, pal. <laughs> Can you just say where you are? Who you are and where you work? Yeah, sure. We're the uh, improv musical. We're at Chamber Street. Uh, at the Edinburgh Fringe and we're here until the 28th. And are you on Twitter and stuff like that? Yes, Yes. we're on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Facebook, um,
13: All The Improv Musical, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we've got our own website. Uh, And we don't just do shows in Fringe, sometimes we tour around, so yeah, keep up to date.
5: Uh, I'm here advertising our show radio which um, is about six students um, who live in a flat and um, over the course of the play the, the radio becomes kind of creepier and starts spilling out their secrets. <gasps> that in, sounds brilliant! In a sinister yet comedic way.
1: <laughs> With la- hilarious results, presumably. It
5: is hilarious in places, yes, we brilliant. think, we hope. We've had some good feedback.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know, are you a student outfit or, or are you a professional yes, a, yeah. or?
5: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we've all um, just graduated or um, in the middle of our studies, so... As, you know, as drama just, students, or...? Uh, no, we are all study different things, okay. um, but uh, we... We feel very close to the student experience. and feel like we can kind of present it in a quite an authentic way. Absolutely,
1: and where, where are you uh, uh, doing this?
5: Uh, we're out at Paradise in Augustine's on George IV Bridge at 9pm every night until the 19th.
1: So you're running for a walk, excellent. Yes. Fantastic, well, best of luck. I'm in the other belly at the Edinburgh Fringe, chilling, having some food, having a drink with friends and family including my sister, Jackie Burnham. Welcome hey. to the show,
9: Jackie. Uh, great to be on the show.
1: So give us a little bit of uh, a perspective from Jackie Burnham about what's hot and what's not at the Fringe.
9: Right. Well, there's been such a huge variety of stuff. Um, I think the things I've enjoyed most have probably been a dramatization of a little known historical fact uh, that they've either made into a musical or a play. Um, for example, Thrill Me was uh, the perfect Chicago crime in the 1920s that was just perfectly done, um, very moving and touchingly enacted. And then we saw um, an argument between two paleontologists, which sounds a bit dry, it was called Old Bones, but that was absolutely brilliant. And then we saw some excellent comedy cabaret. Oh yeah, Typhoid Mary was about this lady in um, the 90s. Oh, you saw that? Yes. I got
1: given the fly and I, I rushed back to get the fly because he said, it's a, it's a musical about typhoid.
9: Yeah. I know, again, a true story. Um, in the 1920s, she was one of the few people that didn't die of typhoid, but carried it. And she was a cook. So everywhere she went, she was poisoning her family with typhoid without realising it. And then they tracked her down and uh, actually put her in prison. Um, and she was very upset and they managed to secure her release. And then she went off and became a cook again and kept changing her name and kept killing off all these families quite innocently. She didn't mean to. She didn't quite understand. And then they put her on an island and she died on an island, but it was brilliantly done, again a musical. And then the last thing we've just seen was a musical improv, which was brilliant. And um, they they did a basic musical on suggestions from the audience. And that was very, very funny. But of course, we saw a few duds. And that
1: was your, and your suggestion was uh, Vodafone Call Centre, which was inspired. <laughs> and of course, they used it.
9: <laughs> yeah, well, Vodafone has been the bane of my life. And they, they needed a location. And people were coming up with things like the bathroom or the airport, and I thought Vodafone Help Centre, which seemed to go down the world.
1: Can I just say other UK call cool providers are available, <laughs> folks? <so. laughs> Martin Burnham, a little bit of vox pop about what you've enjoyed, what's hot and what's not, at the festival.
0: I, I enjoyed Ben Clover oh, yeah, ben uh, entitled Inheritance, Canadian. which was the guy's genuinely funny. I, I also enjoyed the chess player. It was a single actor, but he was incredibly incredibly gifted, see him bouncing around for for an hour was was amazing. I have great respect for him.
9: Yeah, Ben Clover was very good. He's a stand-up comedian um, in the, oh I I forget which venue it was, Gilded Balloon I think. Uh, But the great thing about Ben was that he he chatted to the audience in such a natural way and he drew people out. And I've never seen a comedian do that before and I did congratulate him at the end. Thanks Andy, brilliant. And then the other thing, the um, chess player. Well, I gave him a standing ovation. I was the only one that did, but (laughs) Um, he was quite an elderly gentleman. And he just it was an hour and 15 minutes of such impassioned um, enacting of again through story of this guy who was um, a prisoner um, in a German hotel. He was quite high up. So they didn't put him in prison, but put him in a hotel room. And he managed to get his hand on a chess book. And he played chess in his mind um, for a number of years against himself and became absolutely brilliant in chess. It was just such an intriguing story. So yeah, it's been a wonderful variety of things and I want to come back next year for two weeks.
1: Yay! Young lady, who are you?
9: Uh, I'm Eva.
1: Hello Eva, I'm Nick. Um, what have you been watching at the Fringe?
5: Uh, we went to see Out of the Blue. We've only been here since yesterday. Out of the Blue this morning. Then we went to see uh, Richard Carpenter. Oh, you've that's...
1: seen that, yeah. What was that like?
5: Yeah, no, that was really, really <laughs> funny. It was...
1: That's all about the Carpenters, obviously.
5: Oh, uh, well, it's mainly about Richard and how he was, you know, overshadowed by Karen, but it was it was hilarious. It was really good fun. And
1: the, Out of the Blue, what was that about?
5: Oh, that's an acapella group, so they sang loads of songs. It's an all-male a cappella group from Oxford, and they did some really good songs. It was really good.
0: Hey, so we've been to see Michelle McManus' um, Reality the Musical. Great fun. So Michelle obviously won
14: Pop Idol many years ago. So yeah, it was a good, good yeah. hour to spend. Excellent stuff. And you, sir? Uh, Michelle McManus as well. And I saw Ed Byrne a couple of nights ago too. He, um, I think it was called Spoiler Alert. He was really funny. It's all about how we've all become really spoiled and it's kind of riffs
2: on that. It's really good. There's a lovely new musical called Ordinary Days. It's never been shown in the UK before, and it's been brought. It's been a big hit in America, but it's that it's on the Fringe for its first time. It's lovely. Uh, in stand-up, I would definitely I would definitely see Sindhu V. Sindhu V is a Hindu comedian who is very brave. Her show is called Iguana Mom. It's on at the um, City Cafe, and it's amazing. And then in terms of also the Aboriginal dancers who are called Mukiduki, they are absolutely brilliant.
12: Acts I think you should definitely see. Uh, there's Sajila Kirshi with her show Fights Like a Girl, and she's doing the Immigrant Diaries. Kate Smirthwaite's show Fauna Kate Tress is uh, really good as well. Uh, We've got Rachel Krieger's show, Rosie Wilby's show. Uh, There's just so many brilliant women uh, comics up here this year, so yeah, do it. And I'm always a huge fan. Simon Munnery, I love. Uh, Viv Grosskop, I love. And we actually went to see Ingrid Oliver a couple of days ago on her first show, uh, which was really fun. So it's always worth taking a punt. Don't just go for the ones you've seen on telly, uh, go for the ones you feel instinctively drawn to. Hello,
1: madam. Who are you?
13: My name is Candace.
1: And where have you come from today, Candice?
13: Uh, well, t- London, but via New York, I guess.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was getting from the accent. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm not very good. Um, what have you been drawing at the French?
5: Um, I've been seeing a lot of cabaret shows, and my favourite so far has been Diane Chorley. Okay.
1: Are we going in? Okay. Diane Chorley. Yeah. Right, I'll check it out. Bye. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Grabbing a few fringe-related opinions from the crowds there, including some in the queue waiting for another show. you got to get them when you can. But for the final time in our two-part celebration, let's give those performers, writers and producers one last chance to impress us. Right up the royal mile, <laughs> as the actress said to Emily's bishop. Comedy bronze.
13: Someone dies at the end. Someone dies at the end? Yes. And what's it all about? Somebody it's dying? All about seven strangers in a bunker, post apocalyptic America. Basically, what happens post Trump? How are we going to survive? Who knows? But you'll have to come see to find out. But you've given me a, uh,
1: the most biggest spoiler in the whole world. They all die.
13: Well, I didn't say everyone died. Okay, brilliant. I said someone. <laughs> you got to come find out who.
1: This woman's very creepy, she's creeping me out. Um, no, <laughs> tell me where it is, where
13: is it? We're at Surgeon's Hall, every day at 4.05 p.m. Okay, brilliant, we
1: got some music there. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. A
13: Madonna. Woo, woo, woo. Uh,
5: the Bear Pit is about it's about how we communicate with each other um, on a greater level. It's explored through the metaphor of a relationship at the end of the world, and how, how you deal with that.
1: Wow, and that, it looks like very sort of modern, dancey stuff there. What, what, what is, it, is, it, is it a traditional play? Or? Uh,
5: it's new writing. It's definitely not a dance piece. There's there's movement within it, but it's it's, it's mainly new writing. Well, yeah.
1: People walking from from left to right.
5: <laughs> Something like that. Something, like, <laughs> Something that. like that.
1: Excellent. Where can we find this?
5: Uh, it's at Zoo Southside, which is on Nicholson Street, every day at 3.05. <laughs>
3: Hello, Uh, yes, so uh, we're part of Comedy Sports, it's a family-friendly improvisation troupe. We have two teams against each other, there's a ref and the audience can join in as well. It's every day at
7: 3.45 at the Three Sisters. (coughs) The play that I'm uh, advertising is called Commons. It's a piece of new student writing and it essentially asks the question, what if Brexit was a hot gay love story? (laughs) Um, I love it, I love it. Yeah, it's a really lovely play. It follows the relationship of an MP and a rent boy over three years in one hotel room, told in kind of reverse chronology. And it's really sweet and funny and only 45 minutes long. Only 45? Oh, well, only that's 40. very
1: important. It's very does, does an orange appear in this in a plastic bag?
7: Um, in liner? We could, uh, it's probably before your time. It was a little scandal a few years ago. We could incorporate it. On the night that you come, there'll be many oranges. Bring it on, many baby. Okay, so this other play, it's called Pistorius. It is also a new piece of student writing. It essentially takes a look at the <laughs> fall of Oscar Pistorius in the preceding trial in which he is convicted of manslaughter but not murder. Yeah. It's written in Shakespearean verse because it kind of parallels a lot of the uh, Shakespearean classic heroes yes. like Hamlet and Macbeth and uh, Othello and yeah. it's just a really great kind of like juicy courtroom drama and yeah really good it's only an hour long as well and it is on in the Ivy studio in Greenside from the 14th till the 19th and then from the 21st till the 26th. Ah, oh, that goes on for a bit longer fantastic. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So ladies and gentlemen, we're almost coming to the end of this mega show about the Fringe that hopefully has proved to be both entertaining and informative. But before we feature our final and absolute favourite act, complete with interview afterwards, it's time for Andy, the man of a dozen voices, to tell us what his top acts have been while soaking up the Fringe. Take it away,
14: Andy. If I had to choose a favourite, I don't think I could, because there were so many brilliant ones. Agreed. I particularly enjoyed um, Elixir. Um tell us about that. That was a circus performance but it also had lots of comedy, um slapstick and uh, the guys were amazing. It was a it had a bit of everything, It wasn't just acrobatic. There's a real character to it as well. That was fantastic. At the circus Hub on the Meadow, I believe that was. Well done, for the detail. Um Austin Land, uh, the improv show at the Odebelly in George Square. That was also very very well done, very impressed with that. So people dressed up as uh, Jane Austen characters, ad-libbing the way through? Yep, audience had to decide on a, a title for the the play or, this, or the film or whatever, and then they had to improvise a situation based on a Jane Austen novel. They've done quite a few of these, haven't they? They've done Sherlock Holmes, Doctor Who, which we saw. Um, yeah, there seems to be quite a sort of, uh, a plethora of them. And they had the improv musical as well, also fantastic. <gasps> Also, um, I have got to say, big shout-out to Ada Camp, which I think was possibly one of my favourite ones. She was hysterical. just have to look at her and I start laughing. She's <laughs> funny, witty, different. And, yeah, loved that as well. That's 3pm, CC Blooms. It might have been 3.45, actually. Yeah, 3.45, I think, CC Blooms. Also, just um, having a mooch up and down the Royal Mile as well. There were so many amazing street performers. Not just on the Mile, you get street performers down the bottom of Victoria Street, um, round by uh, the Dome area, just everywhere. I think if I had to do it again, I wouldn't book quite so much, but I'd sort of mooch around and soak up the atmosphere a bit more. And then, because you get loads of people coming up to you saying, do you fancy this in 10 minutes? Do you fancy this in half an hour? <laughs> and if you've got free time, you can actually do it if you fancy it. Yeah. So. so your first time
1: in Edinburgh, what's your, what's your overriding feeling about the city
14: and, uh, and and the people absolutely loved it that everyone is so friendly I mean I do forget actually that most of the people we encountered don't live there they've actually come up for the fringe but it, they're just so enthusiastic and just so friendly and welcoming it, the cab drivers, actually the locals itself very friendly the cab drivers were fantastic loads everyone was just so keen to help out and give you information beautiful city full of character Really began to get a feel for it actually after five or six days. Yeah, if you haven't done the fringe, I would thoroughly recommend it. I hadn't done it, probably wouldn't have thought of doing it, um, but loved it. Absolutely loved it. Something, absolutely something for everyone.
1: And what about our very own show, Randall and a Cullip diseased? Are we uh, are we ready for this? Have you learnt all your lines?
14: Yeah. Next question. Okay, (laughs) Uh,
1: Andrew Cullip, thank you very much. You're welcome. My lovely Andy there. Now earlier we put a bit of a top ten together to work out what was our favourite ultimate act and we've saved the best to last. Well, in our opinion anyway. Enjoy. Hello there, thank you
12: very much for coming to the show. Welcome to this Sunday afternoon at CC Blooms. How are we all? Hi. Hey. Good. My name is Ada Camp, and this show is called Ada Camp and the Psychic Duck. It features me, Ada Camp. And,
5: spoilers. (laughs) Psychic duck.
12: Are you excited by that, ladies and gentlemen? i to hear it. Have you worked
4: with a psychic duck before? (laughs) Never. What do you think of her? No, I'm talking to the duck.
12: (laughs) Look into the eyes of the duck. (laughs) Do you reveal the beginnings of a connection? She does!
1: Hey, we're in cc bloom i've just seen the most amazing act which is sort of a little bit disturbing a little bit shades of uh, league of gentlemen uh, mixed up with uh circus nightmare ada camp and the psychic duck and ada is here uh in cc bloom to talk all about the show hello ada
12: hello there i'm very flattered by that introduction thank you very much
1: no problem at all and uh, so you know try to explain to me i saw i've just seen the show i thought it was fantastic but I don't quite know how to put it into words.
11: Could you help me?
12: Yes, I mean, I normally describe my act as comedy, magic, and shouting. Um, This time it's comedy, magic, and shouting, and a story about a psychic duck.
1: (laughs) So tell us about the duck a little bit.
12: Ah, well, the duck and I have been working together for many years, as you will see if you look me up on YouTube. Um, But this really is the origin story, how I first met the duck, what it means, and what our real connection is.
1: Are you doing this throughout the Fringe?
12: Yes, so I'm here at uh, CC Blooms every day at 3 o'clock. Um, apart from Mondays, I get Mondays off, give the duck a rest. <laughs> and then uh, I'm at the voodoo rooms every night, comparing or emceeing the Magic Faraway Cabaret, which is at 10 to 11 every night.
1: That's wonderful. And um, you tracked me on stage at one point, didn't you?
12: Um, I need a volunteer for this. I think um, you've been, you. No, of course.
1: Now, Ada, your uh, manager, uh, Naomi, uh, looks after you,
12: apparently. Is she she's, she's around to sort of talk? Um, yes, I'll just fetch her for you. Hold on a minute. Hello, it's <laughs> Naomi. Hi.
1: God, that's a a miracle. You completely (laughs) transformed there. So tell us a little bit about the history of of your act.
12: So uh, I used to do um, a late night magic double act with a magician uh, where I was the funny and he was the magic. And we were called a different thing. And we did it in London at German Street Theatre for a while and we did Edinburgh and other places. And then I struck out on my own. There was no animosity. We're still very good friends. Um, But I could get more gigs. (laughs) Um, So I changed the name of the act and then Ada Camp was born with her own story. So you see, I used to do magic disappearing and stuff. So my magic's not as good, but I think my comedy's just got better. I
1: thought your magic was pretty good today. Um, just to say that uh, when we th- saw Ada Camp and the Psychic Duck in CC Bloom, which is one of the most, you know, traditional old school gay pubs, we were expecting a bloke in a big dress.
12: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was hoping you would think. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Um, where else have you played?
12: God, uh, loads of places. I'm based in London, so I've played there. I played Wilson's Music Hall, which was amazing because Ada is a, a variety act with a long, uh, murky past. Uh, so she obviously had relatives who played Wilson's Music Hall. I played the Garrick Theatre, which was amazing. And then last November, I played the um, first ever Women's Equality party, party conference, Comedy Night, which was awesome. So Sandy Toxford got to meet Ada, and for me, that was super exciting.
1: Oh, fantastic. Have you done any, like, you know, like proper work, like telly?
12: I've done. I've done. A, I did Edinburgh Fest TV live last year.
1: That was so cheeky. No,
12: no, no. I haven't done any telly. I'm very open. Very open to telly. Um, no, I've done a bit on the radio, <laughs> um, and no live gigs. But uh, I haven't done any TV. I'd love to. I think her makeup would be even more terrifying on the television. But I'm totally up for it.
1: Absolutely. I think you should get your own show. Well, listen, Ada uh, Stroke, Naomi. Thank you so much. Do you prefer whiskey or tablet?
12: Ooh, I think um, whiskey tablet is the perfect combo. Oh. Okay, you'll get both oh, of them. Hang on, which whiskey is
1: it? What whiskey is it? <laughs> I, I don't you. You can't get choosy. Uh, people get, you okay, right. In this case, because you're so brilliant, you get two. You get a little bit of whiskey and a little bit of tap
12: Oh, you can come again. Thank you very much. Ada's going to love this. Thank you.
1: <laughs> and best luck with the rest of the, uh, rest of the
12: French. And thank you for dancing so beautifully.
1: Oh, the wonderful Ava camp there. Effervescent. I never knew she wasn't. <laughs> no, never mind. Anyway, it's almost time to leave Edinburgh, but not until Andy and myself do our hit double act, Randall and Cullip diseased. I'm sure some venue will let us do it.
14: To me. To you. To you. To
0: you. To To me. To me. To me. To me. To To you. To you. To me. To me.
14: My dog's got no nose. No nose? How does he smell? Well, he doesn't. I just told you... It's your birthday coming up. Anything you want? The last ten years back. Hello, hello,
4: hello. (laughs) Oh,
1: I have a fucking dream. Andy? Andy! Andy! Yes! I think we should get the band back together.
14: Night. And.
1: I think there's an owl in the room. done yet take a listen to this scratch and snoo. scratch and sniff
12: scratch and sniff I didn't know I was agreeing to that <laughs> I thought those days were over
5: well.
11: I really enjoy working in small theatres I don't like the huge spectacular shows you know I quite like to see the audience The whites of their eyes. Uh, Yeah, not quite, (laughs) not quite. I'm glad I'm not Emily Dickinson. What a miserable life led she. She didn't have Cadbury's dairy milk and nobody came for tea.
6: My father said, dentistry would be a very useful uh, career for you. You can use it any country in the world and as a Jew, you might be thrown out any time. Still, it remains in me that that possibility.
12: I think all good actors are trying to shine a light on what it means to be human. Mm you know, and to look at human behaviour and, and to look at contradiction. And this is what... And David
1: Bowie saw... That, is he this saw true? Him. David Bowie saw this and then uh, wanted you to make a documentary about him.
9: Yes, he asked me if I'd like to meet up and would I, he liked what he saw. And I mean, thought, what a compliment. Yeah, it, it kind of was. Maybe Fantastic. it was a rash judgement to make. You know.
5: <laughs> and this woman came up to me, she said, Now tell me, have you made any movies? And I said, well, no, I haven't been to Betty Ford yet. Well, if I could have gone through that floor.
9: (laughs) And somebody came pounding across the beach at me. I thought, oh, no, not here, not now, leave me. Running towards me, running towards me. And I, and they ran straight past me. (laughs) (laughs) By hook or by crook, I ended up meeting them in their hotel. The words breaking in are so vulgar. (laughs) For a 16-year-old Beatle maniac to spend eight days with John and Yoko, I still don't believe it. And then I was with Douglas mm. uh, Adams. I will always remember Douglas's immortal words. She can't sing, she can't dance, she can't act. What's the good of her? <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason I was insulted.
0: And then the door opened and I went, blimey, you're Shelley Winters. And she said, and who are you? And I said, I'm Derry Foles. And she put her tongue right down my throat. (laughs) I never
1: saw her again the rest of the evening. Are you enjoying now far more than you were enjoying the height of your success?
12: No. Because at the height of my success, I was on private jets and limousines (laughs) and I wouldn't be stuck in a pub with the likes of you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's charming, that is. And Britt Eklund turned
6: and gave me a smile such as you have never seen. And I got this wonderful, utter, total attention until she realised I was absolutely no use to her whatsoever and it was all turned off as though the light
1: was Oh, turned. no! It did make me laugh. And also by the Scotsman, uh, apparently you are tender, frightened and convincing. I mean, it's working for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've made Sandy Walsh blush, but in a, in a good way.
2: It
12: was for me, being in the supermarket in Accrington and, like, elderly ladies coming up to me and saying, when are you and Roy getting married? And me saying, well we're not allowed to because Hayley's transgender and and then going, never mind that they should be together, and that's the way to change the world.
7: I'd say about yeah. this film is it's perfect to take someone on a date too
14: because you don't have to act- talk to them. Yeah. yeah. Did and you still. do the old yawn, arms around the back, <laughs> creeping down the <laughs> front? It was very simple. I'm doing a bra. bit. <laughs> sliding the
1: bra out of her top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
9: it's an art to that. I interviewed on the same day Idi Amin and Harold Pinto. Difficult for me to say who was the most difficult and intimidating of <laughs> in the two of them.
1: I mean, were you in the same room as these people? I was in the
9: same room as Harold Pinter. I oh. wasn't necessarily in, but I, I collected them. That's probably the best choice. together. As a, yeah, Harold always was, but we became good friends over the years. Yeah. And I didn't continue my relationship with Idi Amin, I can tell you that. <laughs>
5: And I had a terrible problem because my hamlet kept treading on my very pointed toe shoes, you see. So I had to keep trying to leave the stage. But of course I couldn't because he was on the foot.
14: And it was written as this sort of very camp thing. And I actually knew a couple of people that auditioned for it. And they said, oh, it's this very sort of camp-actory type. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I could do that. But it said, "Len is tall. And uh, Mark Gater sent me an email and said, will you give me a ring? And I thought, he's not doing that to tell me I've got it. Uh, He's just being nice because he is the nicest man in the world. And he said, look, we've... We loved what you did, but and I said you've gone for somebody tall, haven't you? And he went, yeah.
10: I could never get an agent for years because of my disability, so I had to be my own, which was good for me actually because it taught me a lot of discipline. And I'm so...
1: negotiating for the right fee, hopefully. <laughs> okay.
10: yeah, not as good on that one. More okay. about getting the role.
1: Now, what makes cool. this film interesting is that it's actually really the story about two men because Jaya Hoover, for so all I can't of. So fucking him... <laughs> <laughs>
7: Look, Nick, there's not much man-on-man action in this uh, movie. But yeah, what it is, no, go on, go is on. a sort
1: of story just about... It's very intense here, <laughs> right? Go
7: on, go on. It's a story about... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, we haven't done this readers for a couple of months. Uh, so, anyway, go on. OK. Yes, it's better be good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, Jay Edgar Hoover famously, was he gay?
11: And I just think, actually, that if you don't have older actors and older actresses, you're not really getting a view of a balanced society.
1: How much can you tell us about Mary Poppins and can you succumb to tickling or bribery?
0: Um, Neither, because otherwise I'll just get a huge (laughs) smack bottom from Disney. Um, uh, I can only tell you that it's going to be great... (laughs) <laughs> and there are amazing people in it. and if you, uh, you know. know who's in Meryl it, I mean, Meryl, Meryl
1: Streep and uh, uh, Emily and Colin Firth. Mm. And uh, Meryl Streep's a bit overrated, I think. <laughs> oh,
0: apparently. Sad! Exclamation mark.
5: And then there was a guy who was supposed to shout something from the wings and he didn't come on. And i very oh. quick thinking because I've got a very deep voice. I rushed off to do this old character who actually was still in the toilet. And I went off and I went... And the line was, Give me some light. And then I ran back on as Ophelia. (laughs) I've made up
14: for it. (laughs) I've spent
7: many, many years since making amazing commercials, teaching people how to make sure that they don't get infected with STIs. Oh right, that's lovely. I'm I'm, I'm the voice of chlamydia.
5: So the review came in the next day. The first Ophelia to start out mad and go slowly safe.
2: My simple mantra is never accept the world as it is. Dream of what the world could be and then help make it happen.
13: No, I love it. Carol Decker on Scratch and Sniff with a goody bag, thank you so much. I've
11: enjoyed it tremendously, and uh, thank you for, for picking up on so many things that I'd, I'd actually forgotten about.
0: Did Katie get all this? Oh yes, she got all this, yeah. Oh, no, wonderful. I tell you, Nick, it's been a total pleasure. I should get highly drunk.
13: Thank you very much, what an enjoyable
14: interview.